regular dude. Watch the stuff. It's about fucking time. What took you guys so long? Welcome to Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. I am your host, Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth master of the nocturnal landscaping. Ray, we're just doing some landscaping. Chill out. What Go are back you doing? Landscaping. Go back to bed. And I'm here with Magna Mills and the Soup Deucer to discuss what we've been watching and to talk about an episode of one of my absolute favorite shows, Trailer Park Boys. Let's go. Drinks, let's go. Hey, Mills, wake up, buddy. You ready to do this, or are you just dreaming about your bowling alley days? Hey, man, what can I say? Sometimes the Church of Roy Munson just leaves me in awe. Welcome to my church. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. I am Magna Mills. Thank you for checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff, wherever you get your pods. YouTube, regular dudes watch stuff on social media at dudes watch stuff. Please don't forget the flaps. They're important. It's how you stay in the air. Follow, like, and please subscribe. That's what keeps us in the air. Just doing one of those things really helps us out a lot. Helps people find the show. We really appreciate it. If you have fun, just give us that thumb. I mean, soup deucer, keep heating it up for us. Keep heating up the hash, boys. You know, you don't always have a Corey and Trevor around to do this kind of shit for you. So when you don't, you got to make, uh, you know, you got to make do and uh, and do things yourself. So right now we're going to be doing this ourselves and we're going to break down the episode three of season five of the Trailer Park Boys. Now, we have not discussed any of the Trailer Park Boys previously. This is a fucking, uh, this is a good dive into one. And, and, uh, and it, <laughs> I got caught up reading, my bad. That's good soup. Before we head to the strip club to play them VLTs, it's time for some holes in this house. There's some holes and this is where we discuss what we've been filling our eyes and ear holes with recently. I've been filling both my ears and my eye holes and I'm excited to talk about it. First off, I finished season two of Yellow Jackets. It was fantastic. What a great ending. Really, really, really enjoyed that one. Not going to spoil it, but it's a heavy show. At times, it's very intense, but man, I really like it. Um, excited about where they take that in season three. Uh, my my Seinfeld continues. I'm, I'm in season eight now, heading into season nine. Really enjoying that. I'm just going to see it through. And then I also recently started Banshee. Banshee came out. It was a Cinemax, Max Joint. It's Alan Ball, kind of the creator, director. He was the guy behind uh, True Blood. And it's it's got that classic kind of like HBO, but more of like a Skinamax type vibe um, starring Anthony Starr, our boy Homelander from The Boys. Um, really cool to see him in a different role. A couple episodes deep and so far so good. I'm actually really liking it. Uh, yeah, rock and roll, man. You know, I've been going old school, dude. Um, I, I, <laughs> I've been kicking it real far back, man, uh, to the younger days. And uh, in my in my off time this week, I watched a. Uh, not so much shows and not so much uh, things that are going on right now. I went with some old movies, man. And most most particularly and noteworthy is The Beastmaster. I went ahead and gave The Beastmaster a rewatch the other night. And it was fucking great, dude. As cheesy and fucking like uh, 80s-ish as it is, dude. It was, uh, I mean, it's a classic for me to just remember it for a nostalgic whatever the fuck from being a kid or whatever. And The Beastmaster, man, you know, it was like Mark Singer and... Uh, 
I forget the chick's name. We got Rip Torn in there. Uh, Tanya Roberts, that's her name, man. Like half naked the entire time, man. You know, I mean, it's pretty solid, you know. Uh, John Amos in there, dude. Uh, pretty good fucking flick. 1982, all the way back to 1982 on this guy. So uh, a good solid joint, the Beastmaster. It's real, uh, it's weird. It's, it's like a fantasy, like Willow-ish kind of shit. You know, Willow's a good one too. I should check that out. Um, other than the Beastmaster, I also rewatched a, a movie with Charlie Sheen from the early days called The Wraith, a 1986 joint man, where he's uh, you know, it's about him driving a badass car and uh, you know, he got killed by some people. It was some fucked up shit or whatever. So he was kind of like a ghost, hence the Wraith or whatever. But a uh, pretty solid one there too, man. Um, you got him. You got Nick Cassavetes, and you got fucking Randy Quaid in that joint, man. So uh, taking it taking it back to the 80s, the early-ish 80s, and uh, that's where I've been at over the past week as far as, like, watching I whole shit. I like that. That is some interesting stuff. Certainly an interesting group of uh, talented people. Uh, let me just maybe kind of close out the loop on some stuff I've talked about before, but now has seen their seasons or series end. Start out with Mrs. Davis. That's the Damon Lindelof joint over on Peacock. It looks like it's going to kind of be a one-and-done affair. Ultimately, I think that's pretty awesome. It, this is very weird, super satisfying. The, the most I can really tell you without spoiling anything is like it involves a nun versus an artificial intelligence. And the Holy Grail is somewhat tangentially involved. It's about all I can say. Uh, incredibly unique and interesting. Got to finish Citadel over on Amazon. I think they tried to kind of justify the structure of their first season. I mean, it was like 200 million. They only made uh, like six episodes, very short. There's a born thing going on. There, there's a twist. I think they thought that the twist would kind of like pay it all off. Just didn't work for me. Uh, and guys, if I could tell you that Charlie day wrote and directed a movie starring Charlie day, Ken Jong. Kate Beckinsale, Adrian Brody, Jason Sudeikis, Ray Liotta, Jason Bateman, Edie Falco, Dean Norris, Common, Jillian Bell, John Malkovich, and, you know, they bring in some sunny people. So you have Mary Elizabeth Ellis, Artemis Padani, Jimmy Simpson, Glenn Howerton, Lance Barber, even fucking Pondy. They bring all that in. Charlie Day is awesome. Dude, this was pretty terrible. I hated it. Uh, Fool's Paradise. Just, dude. Again, not going crazy on the spoilers, but more or less, the Charlie Day's the main character and he doesn't talk, and uh, just didn't work. I, I really wanted to like this movie. A fun thing that did work for me to finish it out here: uh, streaming on Amazon documentary, uh, pretending I'm a Superman, the Tony Hawk video game story. This was just fun, dude. It was all about, you know, it started with Tony Hawk and the history of skateboarding, how it built into the X Games and that kind of thing. And it also showed the uh, history of skateboarding video games, starting with like Skate or Die and bringing it up and showing you how you, you know, how it came together to make uh, the, the Tony Hawk franchise and everything. And uh, I thought it was great. Really enjoyed it. Very cool. Nice and breezy, about 70 minutes or so on amazon really enjoyed that one only downside is i have superman by you know by a uh, goldfinger just stuck in my head dude and that's why i'm doing all i can to hang on because i'm a superman rock and roll man well while we're at it guys let's hop on the hype train is there anything coming out soon that you are really 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 hyped about soup deuce anything on the on the menu for you other than shit that we've previously discussed, not really, man. You know, I mean, uh, 
Yeah, other than the bear, you know, I mean, the bear is definitely coming up soon, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. You know, we're going to be uh, visiting that on a, on a branch out here with the show. We'll see what happens here coming into the summer, man. Well, guys, I'm up next here. I'm going to give you a little bit of column A, B, and C. Right off the bat, I am super stoked for that new Madden. Got my dude, Josh Allen, on the cover. Cannot wait uh, to play that baby. Madden's about to get me to pay full price this year and going to get that deluxe because he got both. That's super dope. Excited about that. Very excited about uh, the ongoing Trey Anastasio trio, uh, being able to check that out on the Live Fish app. Uh, they just debuted a, a bunch of stuff for the first time. Uh, the last two nights at the at the shows are doing a three-night run right now in Denver, Colorado. It's just Trey, the bass player, Desron Douglas from uh the Trey Anastasio band, and then John Fishman on the drums, and it was fucking awesome. I listened through June 9th. Uh, it was really cool. A bunch of debuts on there. Um, super cool stuff. And then I'm really excited about, it's going to be a minute, but I'm still very, very excited about the boys. Uh, come on, boys. Come out. I don't know if you're going to make me wait till the holidays or not, but can't wait for that whenever it comes. Uh, let me give one that's just coming up real soon. By the time you watch us, it will have dropped. That's Black Mirror Season 6 dropping uh, June 15th. On Netflix, only five episodes. They're interesting to watch at least once. And, uh, you know, Netflix kind of des- desperately needs a win here. So, uh, yeah, Black Mirror, season six. That brings us to our featured review for this episode. Last time, we had to spin the big wheel in the sky again. And it keeps turning. I don't know where I'll be tomorrow. And for the second consecutive episode, it landed on my pitch, Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth. This time, it was... The Way She Fucking Goes, which is the third episode of season five of Trailer Park Boys, which before I tell you why I picked this one, let's give our overall history with the boys. Well, I'll tell you what, man, I remember the first uh, time I watched the boys and it was uh, like, you know, it was one of those things where I was with some, with a buddy or a couple friends or whatever. And they're like, oh, man, you've never seen the fucking Trailer Park Boys and shit. And I was like, no, nah, man, I've never seen the Trailer Park Boys. So it was like, well, you got to check some out, you know. So I ended up watching not the first episode, but the first one I saw, and it was, and it was a good one. It was somewhere right there in the middle. I think it was like season four or whatever, and uh, and and it was solid. Like the first one wanted me to wanted me to watch another one, and made me want to watch more after that. I think the more of these you watch, the more attached to it you get. You know, it's kind of a show that it's it's a grower, not a shower, man. When it comes to a when it comes to a show, and that's definitely the case with uh, with this one, man. So, uh, yeah, that's how I got into it, man. And since then, I've seen all of them lots of times. Look, man, I've been a fan of Trailer Park Boys for a hot minute. Uh, I've seen, you know, all seasons plus the, I think, all 13 or whatever they did, 12, 13, um, plus all the specials, which are great, the movies, which are also really good, and then the two seasons of the animated. So I've taken a deep dive with the boys um, been part of them for for a while, for basically for like over a decade, I think. Um, probably longer. So really enjoyed them. Um, I, I've gone back to them and watched them quite a bit. Believe it or not, they hang up that you know, they they hold up pretty well. And it's just one of those shows that's like a feel good for me. It just always makes me feel good. Uh, and it's and it just always makes me smile and chuckle. And I really, really, really enjoy all the characters on here. And I think it probably ran its course. It's been something I've enjoyed for a long time, and and it's always one you can go back to and put on, and you know, it doesn't really disappoint me. You know, a little boy, that buddy, Ricky. That's all I had. I am the uh, dark horse here in that I know I had seen a couple episodes 
back in the day with one of my buddies who I didn't see all the time, but when I would go there, he always kind of watched slightly different shows than me, but I would be kind of into, but maybe not as into as he was. And I remember watching a couple and I was like, it was fine. I wasn't like drawn into watching more. And I, I know y'all watched them and this came up and, you know, I just really tried to kind of approach it as fresh face as possible. Looking back on it, I have definitely seen like the, the bubbles dude, like in like memes and that kind of thing. Like there have definitely been some trailer park memes and shit that I have encountered in the wild that I didn't know that's what they were and uh that kind of thing your uh rickyisms and and what have you but uh realistically no i was about as close to a version as you can get but i did have a, a little bit of kind of minimal exposure before well you've been exposed and it's time for us to expose all of you and i think it's time to head to the trailer park to do just that this is trailer park boys the fucking way she goes Season 5, Episode 3, the 32nd overall episode of Trailer Park Boys, originally aired May 1st, 2005, directed by Mike Clattenburg, written by Mike Clattenburg, John Paul Tremblay, Rob Wells, Mike Smith, and Jonathan Torrance. The short plot synopsis is, Julian, Ricky, and the boys hide 100 kilos of hash in plain sight. Something unexpected gets burned up due to a celebratory barbecue. Well, here's the thing, man. From this point forward, we're going to be talking about the Trailer Park Boys, specifically this episode. But there's a good chance the episodes before and after this one might pop up and there might be some discussion about those. So you have been fucking warned. A spoiler issue has been fucking uh, put out there, man. Shooting a flare up there. Spoilers from hence forth this point forward, man. So uh, you've been warned. You know, we're going to start off here with our overall thoughts on the episode. Mills, you know, you, you, you've never seen it before, so I know this was my pick, but I will be willing to let you go first and lead us off here just because you've got kind of a fresh perspective. Really, I watched this like five or six times. Uh, that's a nice part about doing something that's uh, on the shorter end here, 22, 23 minutes. It took a minute for me to just understand what was going on more or less not only is this a show that's kind of you know shot in a way that's kind of like part mockumentary part reality show it's got this weird twinge we're watching an older episode which just does not translate well to larger hd screens and that kind of thing so at times it was a little hard to actually see what was going on and understand everything so that was a little bit off-putting. And I think for the most part, I get that this seems like it could be a cool hangout show, that you have these interesting characters and all that that have things going on, but getting dropped into the middle of it just didn't quite do it for me because it was like there were things I'm like, oh, that should be funny, but it wasn't actually funny because I didn't have the context of having like spent the time with the characters and that kind of thing. I, I appreciate you getting me into it, but I'm not 100% sure if this was maybe the best way to do so. I thought that this is a good episode because you get a lot of um, kind of, you know, the, the thick of the boys plot for that kind of runs through this this season. You wouldn't know that Mills coming in new, but the hash driveway kind of carries over from the end of last season. And, and through this season. And I just thought it was funny because it's one of their bigger kind of plots and in, in kind of their, Put it out in the plain sight. Um, you also get a great, you know, J-Rock's great in this. I mean, he's really, this is kind of the part of the series where J-Rock's like, he always hits, but he's 
he's on some bangers here, dude. Um, so I really like that. And you get a bunch of the guy in the chair, dude. I'm, I've always been a fan of the guy in ch- the chair. I just think it's it's a funny character. I would say the only downside about this is you don't get a ton of bubs. You know, you don't get a lot of the really good bubbles that you get in some of the other episode. Um, and you get a bunch of great Rickyisms in this one. So um, looking back, there's so many great episodes. I probably could have picked, I don't know, some other ones. Maybe we'll talk about that later in this in this episode. Um, that might have been better gateways for you. But, you know, for me, I'm a big fan of this one, dude. I thought it was this season's really good. And I thought this one is just great. And I love the, the way it ends, you know, with Ray just being like, it's the way she goes, buddy fucking way she goes and it just cuts you know and it's just got their iconic kind of like uh intro and outro music it's just it's just great yeah agreed man you know i mean i will say this is probably a pretty good gateway episode for the most part although there's a lot of loose ends there man like you don't know why the 50 feet thing with Corey and trevor or what or where they got the hash which i guess doesn't really matter but Either way, like there, there's things like that, or, or like why uh, J Rock's turn, why why does Ricky or Trinity have J Rock's turntables and shit? You know, these are things you learn like in an episode or two right before this. But uh, you know, if you know the characters, which apparently, if you're going into this uh, show watching this on first, you have no idea about who any of these characters are. So I could understand the fucking confusion, man. Um, is it a good one to watch first? Yeah, because it kind of does set a, you know, it sets the scene a little bit. But there's going to be a lot of fucking questions. There's a lot of things you don't really get. So, uh, so I mean, I give it like a 50 50 on like a, on like the first episode to watch, although it is a good one as far as like some of the, like what they're doing in the story and the, in the, in, you know, kind of getting a grasp of what their deal kind of is as far as like, you know, what they do living in this park and shit. But, um, I really don't think that it spells out a whole lot of, uh, a lot of uh, personalities with most of the characters and shit to a degree where where this would be a good first episode to 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 watch for most people. Uh, just give me some some QC, some quick context. Do y'all like? Is this for you like a top tier? You know, you don't have to be super specific, but you would you consider this like a top tier episode of Trailer Park Boys or like more towards the middle? I would put it in the in definitely in the top half. Um, you know, probably like that. You know, if there's, I feel like episodes, it was rated like in the. You know the late teens and twenties on IMDb or something like, it, but you pitched it, so I'm just kind of like trying to figure out. You know, is this a? It's it's a top twenty for me. I'll say that maybe top fifteen, but I think a top twenty. As far as there's, the there's a lot of good episodes, dude. There's a lot yeah. of good episodes of Sunny, dude. I mean, yeah, and there's a lot of good episodes of, of the boys too. And as sorry, far as- sorry, there's a lot of good episodes of Trailer Park Boys. There's a lot of good episodes of Trailer Park Boys, so it's hard. Yeah, so th- I mean, this one, dude, I would put it up there in the in the upper rankings. But uh, also, I think this this episode is kind of like a you know kind of pivotal. Like a lot stems from this episode. You know, this kind of laid the groundwork for a couple of other things. You know, like bran- branching out on like eventually Julian ends up living in the tent. You know, they still keep the burned down trailer. This is how Ray ends up in the dump. You know, there's a lot of things that that happen here. You know, so coming from this particular episode, so uh, so I think it's a good one in that regard and you did sell me on one thing and jamie g you're gonna have to do the recap but right before if i just say hard driveway is that a band name an album name or a sex move hash driveway jamie g man i'm gonna i'm gonna call it an album name by what band let's go stone temple pilots that's pretty good soup hash driveway band name album title or sex move 
Uh, I'm not going to call it an album. Can I can I give it a song title instead? Or yeah, as, as long as you give me the artist, that's fair. Fair enough. Song title by Blind Melon, dude. But see, y'all went very uh, literal with it. I will go with it's actually the uh, titular move performed in a porno called Hash Driveway. I love that answer. Even better, Hot Hash Driveway. Also, oh, yeah, you got more soft hash driveway. You know, maybe play with the, uh, the, the you know, the uh, descriptive words you want to use there. But uh, yeah, I forgot what adjectives was. What's the, the, the thing, the, the, the boxes that, that people live in? Talking about their homes? Y- uh, yes, yeah, their homes. Jesus, I couldn't think of that word. That's so weird. Those are good ones. I'm going to do a quick recap, guys, and then we'll, we'll dive into a few things here. Um, this thing, you know, the episode starts off. It's nighttime. The boys have their plan. They're going to heat up the hash and use it to pave a driveway on Ray's lot. Uh, We've got some disagreement, right? Ricky and Bubbles think it's a dumb idea. They're worried. And Julian's all in on this hidden in plain sight thing. And he's got Trevor and Corey working for him, which really pisses off Ricky. And Ricky ends up getting fired. We then see... J-Rock, baby, J-Rock, baby, and his new scheme with the rock pile, hard as fuck, is stealing groceries from the local parcel pickup. I mean, they got ganking groceries down to a science. We see Julian sleeping with Ray, missing 60 bucks as he wakes up. Ray obviously took it. I mean, the guy in the chair is letting him stay there rent-free. gets accused. Sketchy situation. We also see J-Rock showing up, demanding he pay his grocery bill, and he kicks him out. We find out he's hooked on those VLTs down at the strip club. Ricky decides to trade some stuff that he gave to Trinity, two turntables and a microphone for all the fixings to put together a killer barbecue. He strikes a deal with J-Rock and he gets the stuff uh, that he needs to do so. Ricky discusses Trinity's problems with, you know, mostly smoking, fighting and throwing bottles. And he heads over to Lucy and Sarah. He also invites them to the barbecue. Lucy agrees And then we see Ricky being told by Julian that Ray stole some of his money. And Ricky asks him, go ahead and take him out and show the old guy a good time. Barbecue turns out to be a huge success. And as the night winds down, Julian, Ray, Bubbles, Corey, and Trevor, they all head to the strip club. Sarah takes Trinity home, leaving Lucy and Ricky alone. They're in Ray's trailer. And Ricky's going to make french fries because he burnt the shit out of the potatoes on the grill. They then forget about the french fries. They drive away in Ricky's shitmobile, and we see the pot of fries catch fire. Over at the strip club, Ray blows all their booze money on the VLT machines. That's the way she goes. Sometimes she goes. Sometimes she doesn't. The guys leave. Ricky and Lucy are at the old makeout spot banging. I mean, they've been banging behind the muffler shop for years, but they're caught by cops and sent home. Arriving home, Julian and his group see police lights, and they find Ricky standing in front of what's left of Ray's trailer. It has been completely burned down. The hash driveway is fine, but Ray's trailer is destroyed. Ricky says the fire was a random thing, but Detective Todd Johnson suspects it was started by Grease. No one was hurt. Everyone leaves, and Ricky tries to console his dad. I do have a question right off the top. Kind of what's the deal with the hash in the driveway? Like I watched not the greatest copy of this. So it was kind of hard to see what was going on. And to me, it looked like dude was like taking a, like packets of tinfoil and putting them in an area and you didn't see what was going on. So I thought they were hiding it or whatever, but definitely turns out, you know, from what I've learned from y'all. And if you really pay attention to the dialogue, they made the actual driveway of hash, right? That's what they did. Yeah, they 
Well, what you saw is they were grilling those packets. That's why Ricky needs a new barbecue is because Ricky uh, Julian destroyed well, Someone just kicked it over, too. Like It's not like yeah, it they broke because they were using it wrong. But, but they're hit, heating it up in the tinfoil packets to, you know, they score. So here's the deal. Previously, you know, a couple episodes before this, they steal a boatload of hash. I mean, a, a whole duffel bag full of bricks of hash, 100 kilos, whatever it is. And they they want to sell it instead of nickel and diamond it. They want to sell it in one big sale and be done with it. One sell, be done. So they're going to sit on it. And in order to do that, because Ray wouldn't let him store a little bit of hash in the in the trailer, uh, they asked him an episode or two ago, uh, Dad, can we store a little bit of hash in the trailer? He says, no hash, bud. Uh, no hash in the trailer. So then they devise a scheme to heat it up and make a make a driveway of the hash because it'll blend in in plain sight and no one will know. They can sit on it until they get their big their big buyer. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. You know, I mean, fucking hash driveway, dude. So soup. It's a good idea for you, uh, Magna Mills. Good idea for you. I mean, is it is it realistic? Not practically I- no, but I did enjoy the gag later in the episode where you see i think it's ricky trying to get high off it right with like a blowtorch and a half of a two liter or whatever when he wakes up what is he drinking out of i'm assuming it's the same two liter bottle so here he's trying to smoke out of the top half but later or earlier technically whatever way you look at he's drinking something out of the bottom half of a two liter what is rum and coke for sure and he's always like ricky always has you'll see as he lives he virtually lives in his car the entire series and so he's sleeping in the back seat here. We see that. Yeah, he's sleeping in the back seat. Sometimes he's growing, growing, you know, growing dope back there. Sometimes he got pets. Uh, but yeah, he's always got cool little things. He's using hockey sticks to do stuff, you know, but he's always drinking out of those half cut uh, Coke bottles and, uh, you know, soda bottles or, or pop bottles, as they call them up in Canada. And uh, always rum and Coke, man. Always booze first thing in the morning for sure. You know, I'm trying to just give context here again. I'd seen a couple episodes, but they were over a decade ago. Didn't remember a lot. So to me, I'm kind of like trying to assign roles or whatever. So Ricky kind of seemed to be like like the Homer Simpson or maybe like the Sterling Archer or whatever. Like it's an ensemble show, but he's kind of like the head. Is that true? Or is that just kind of like the particular thing where this is like a Ricky episode? No, uh, I wouldn't say it's true. Ricky's always one of the i mean it's it's ricky bubbles and julian i mean ricky's probably the lead i would say but julian and bubbles are there every time and then all the side characters have big roles too i'd say it'd be a close call between ricky and bubbles really man see bubbles i knew he's the one i knew but i heard ricky's voice before if that makes any sense kind of as far as memes and uh yeah, i mean julian's you know, exposure to them in pop culture yeah, ricky or bubbles would probably be the side but yeah they'd probably be the but I don't think the show is laid out like that. It's more like, you know, there isn't just like one. It is kind of all three. And then there are, I mean, there's episodes that are just a J-Rock episode or just a Leahy episode, you know I mean? So you get those too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally cool. And kind of what's the deal with, uh, you know, Ricky, if you want to elaborate on just his like family thing, right? Like he's got the thing going on here where he's obviously trying to reconcile and he's got a daughter and you hear about prison. That's the kind of shit like you're alluding to. You kind of get jumped into any thoughts on that, you know, as far as it, you know, impacts this episode? Yeah. So what what you don't know is is Ricky and Lucy, you know, they, they've been together for a long time on and off. They had their daughter, Trinity. 
Um, and, you know, every time Ricky tries to get back together and, and it's going good, he ends up in jail. Most seasons, this is a little bit of a spoiler for you, Magna Mills, but most seasons start and start with the boys exiting jail and end with the boys going to jail. Um, so that happens a lot. But yeah, he's always he's always wanting to get back together with Lucy and his family. He still wants to get drunk and stoned and hang with the boys, but he still wants to, you know, always get back to to to, to Lucy and uh and and Trinity. And at times he's he is a good dad to Trinity in his own way. But him and Lucy just have this terrible, toxic, trashy relationship. And it's so funny throughout the throughout the entire series, basically. I like the family vibe though, because Ricky seemed genuine. Like when he was trying to make amends or whatever, I like that it it was genuine. Like it seemed that he really meant it and that made it work better for me. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, I got to like, you know, kind of like Tony Soprano sometimes. You weren't sure why he wanted to get his family back together. Oh, he, he, I think throughout yeah, the entire show. It was clear that Ricky he, really like, you know. Ricky really loves Lucy. Like you can, you can tell like throughout the entire show, like. Her other characters date, other things happen. Ricky always loves it's the Charlie Kelly, right? If you're gonna have characters who aren't the smartest, they need to at least be sincere. And I think the characters here come across as sincere. As yeah, sincere, and I think that's important. Outside, man. Like he loves animals too, you know. I mean he does. No, yeah, that's cool. Like- and I think they have to have that to, to, to pay off, like you know what I mean? You can't be dumb forever. That's what kind of the is the Simpsons struggle with later in their life, man. Like homework can only be so fucking dumb. You know what I mean? And it's important, like you but dumb and earnest is the way to go, like the earnest movies. He's got a real soft side to him, man. And and for a bit, you know, being the big tough guy he is, he's got a super soft side, which is awesome, which makes his characters as cool as it is. You have talked about him already. Uh dude, J Rock is kind of like my stealth MVP. He was just fun. You know, you got the whole thing. They're stealing the, the groceries or whatnot. They roll up on Ray and everything. Kind of like, what's up with this dude? And I loved his uh, supporting gangster dudes just trying to look tough. And then when uh, I think Ricky's asking him for like a list, like you see the one dude like get out of joint and start writing it down. I thought all oh, that shit was great. What's up with kind of J-Rock and his crew? What's their deal? Dude, J-Rock is a fucking major character. He's awesome, man. Um, he's... He's really just stereotypical. Me. I loved him. Yeah. yeah. What you what you saw of him right there, what you see is what you get. That's J Rock, dude. He's a stereotypical that guy. You know, every town has one. Every fucking trailer park has one. Every high school has probably a hundred of them. Whatever the fuck. But he's that dude, and he plays it so fucking perfectly. I mean, it, I don't know. He, he's a crucial character throughout the entire fucking series, man. So it's definitely a definitely an important. He's so funny, dude. And he's always, he's always like, like, like soup said, he is super consistent like that. And he's got his boy T um, and later they become the rock pile, but it's always, you know, it's, it's him and T in the rock pile. And they always got wild schemes that they're running. They're always talking shit to Randy with his cheeseburger eating ass mask. You know, he's just got those great one-liners, dude. He's also the microphone. That was a great quote. That was a great quote with the cheeseburger joint. Randy, why don't you go on and eat a cheeseburger, you basketball-eating walrus-ass motherfucker? Frick off, J-Rock. Motherfuckers like you is definitely not off the cheeseburgers, dog. He's he's, he's legendary, dude. And, he's, and he can well, spit. Well, we're at it. That's Ray Wright, and I only know his name because he only, like, he, he has his shirt off all the time. Is there a reason for that, or is he just that dude that, like, always has his shirt off? Randy never wears a shirt. He's allergic to fabric or some shit. He's, a, he's allergic to fabric. Oh, so there's so a canonical reason for it. All right, cool. Just yes. checking. So, so he never wears a shirt. He's a former, you know, prostitute, a man of the night. 
Um, and him and Leahy have a secret gay relationship that, but they're also raging alcoholics. And it's been, it's very funny throughout the entire series. Oh, the, the, that was actually in my notes that Leahy knew when he's drinking the bottle of water and then he kind of like chugs it and then he walks out and calls it like Randy the wrong name. That was vodka, right? Like he wasn't really drinking yes. water, I guess. All right. <laughs> He calls him Bobandi. Point so for when, fun, yep, yep. Point for Gryffindor. I got that one, even though I'd never seen. So there are episodes where he is the most legendary. I mean, legendary alcoholic you could ever think of. He's so hardcore of an alcoholic. And when he's handboned, he's always he's a former cop who got kicked off, you know, because of something Ricky did. But he he got kicked off the force. Now he's a trailer park supervisor, but he's hammered all the time, trying to trying to take down Ricky and Julian. Uh, but he's but he's always you know. Calling Randy Bobandy, Randers Bobanders. He's always got those funny lines, and he's hammered. And and the the actor who plays him, may he rest in peace. He's absolutely incredible. The best drunk actor I've ever seen in my entire life. John Dunsworth. John Dunsworth. So kind of, what's the deal with Ray then? Like, I definitely got a Lethal Weapon vibes when he's like, "Yeah, just finally paid my fucking trailer off." So then when it burns out at the end, that's definitely like, you know, I got three days of retirement or whatever. And one of the lines I laughed at hardest, and I know it was probably stupid, but when, uh, was it Julian or whoever's on the couch? And he's missing the $60. And uh, I think it's Ray's like, no, I didn't. Uh, fuck no. Sorry. Did you check in your couch or? <laughs> this dude has slept here often enough and apparently anybody like checked in your couch. I've just never heard that specifically well, like that way and uh that yeah, was it 20s at 320s man. it was like 320 and then later you hear him like oh how you doing like, you up he's like i'm off 60 dollars up about 60 bucks bubs yeah he's he's great dude i mean i, I i'm a big ray fan he's the he's the guy in the chair they do a lot with them particularly in the what is up season. with the chair does he legitimately need it or is it a thing or do they not actually make it clear are you scamming some disability shit yeah, he's scamming the disability for the government. So he because he, he was in a he was in a he was he was a former truck driver and he had his rig. That's when he was most happy. Uh, and he got in an accident because he was shit faced. But he's playing off that he got injured, so he's got to be in the wheelchair at all times shit, to get man. the to get the to get the compensation from the government. Like so. if he's in public or something, that's why he's always get the chair or whatever. Yes. Right, cool, cool, cool. Nice context added. Thank you. And he always calls himself the guy in the chair, which I just think is really funny. Uh, he's actually one of the writers and produ- um, producers of the show, so he there threw some go. money behind it. Um, but he's 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 cool. They do a lot with him. I, I I like Ray, dude. He he cracks me up, man. Throughout throughout the series, he uh, in the later seasons he's not in it, but he he was really good. And I, I guess, guess like you know the the trailer also kind of burned down there. I'm assuming that's something that kind of plays forward more into shit in you know again i mentioned it kind of like the whole lethal weapon of it and like he just paid it off and at the beginning we see that ricky's like all right like i don't uh do this in my you know my pops yard or whatever and he worries about it and then it happens and that kind of sets up the like you know well you know 35 year mortgage there bud yeah and back in the day, so basically, thirty-five year mortgage on what I could figure was roughly at the most seventy-two hundred dollars. <laughs> fucking exchange rate over there too. This is Nova Scotia, man. You know, yeah, this is pre Toonies, eh? Well, <laughs> and Canada has a very conservative financial system, so like the max LTV you can get on like a, a mortgage is like sixty-five percent or something. I think so. They're more conservative. That you know, I don't think they have like ninety. 7% financing there like we do here 
So he probably had to have a down payment too. That was big. So just very funny uh, plays into that. I will say one of my favorite parts about this is when Ricky's got to like get all these like firefighters and cops off the driveway at the end. Fucking firemen off the driveway. Get these people the hell out of here. Okay, buddy. Quick. Guys, you don't mind? Just get off the driveway, please. It's the only thing my dad has left. It's kind of soft from all the fucking heat. Please, just get the hoses and shit off there, everything. Hey, everybody. Fire's over. It's all fucking out. Please clear out of here. Thanks for all your help, guys, with all your water and everything else you did. Just very funny, dude. And that's something that Ricky, like one thing about Ricky, and Soup can talk about this, he's so good at, like, getting out of trouble. Like, talking to cops and stuff, dude. He's like, it's amazing how he does it, man. Yeah, some of them, some of them a little bit, well, you know, as it goes on, is a little bit more uh, stretching it as far as believable wise. But like his, his, his demeanor and way of doing it is fucking top notch, man. Like he's great at that kind of thing, man. And uh, I mean, that's definitely his strong suit is uh, his way with words, believe it or not, even though it fucks him up so much. Like he's <laughs> and it's a runner in the show, too, right? Like they'll get, they'll be getting pulled over and he'll be like, relax, I got this. And he'll totally like, yeah, and all those the cop thinking of something else. It's just great, dude. Like the John joke. Like, oh, you know John? Everybody knows John. You know, it's just right. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's great. My exact note is uh Ricky seems like he's Big L if Big L was from a Canadian trailer park. That's really solid. Man, let's mix it up a bit here and give you the six degrees of Lebowski. This is where we connect our featured review to the big Lebowski in six degrees or less. Mills, take it away. I'm not going to lie, man. It took some work to get it down to three degrees. Six degrees might have been funnier, but we like to keep it tight. All right. First, we have Rob Wells playing Ricky in Trailer Park Voice. He played Jimmy the Gopher in Boondock Saints 2, All Saints Day, where Clifton Collins Jr. played Romeo. Clifton Collins Jr. played Perry Smith in Capote. Philip Seymour Hoffman played Truman Capote in Capote. And Philip Seymour Hoffman played Brant in The Big Lebowski. So, three degrees and uh, the juice is worth the squeeze. Dude, that was digging fucking deep. That was squeezing hard, man. And Brant can't watch. He's got to pay an extra hundred. (laughs) That's marvelous. Mills, as the only Trailer Park Boys virgin here, is there anything else you want to talk about? I would at least ask, like, if you had to pitch a different one or it didn't quite matter about spoiling things or whatever which trailer park boys episode would you pitch as like the best gateway episode or entry point into the series if not this one uh super i'll go first and then you can you can follow up i've got one or two here that i think is are really good first microphone assassin i think especially knowing that you really connected with uh j-rock you would love that that's season three episode four it is way up there and then i've got to go with i am the liquor um, that is a great one. It's loaded with quotes, dude. And you, you got to see that one. Season five, episode nine, I am the liquor. <laughs> I definitely, definitely firmly agree with both of those as gateway ones, man. The only problem I ha- I'm having here is uh, is I can't remember the name of the episode I want. It was the first episode that I had seen. It was the one where Ricky glued the fucking truck to his hand and they had to go to the fucking, any other towel glued to his face and Bubbles had the bad tooth. They went to Sam Losco. Conky, season four, episode five. Conky. This is a good gateway episode. And I don't want to call it a gateway episode. It's a good fucking dive in episode, man. A good one to just get your feet wet 
And then the more and more you watch from there, I think the more and more you fucking gather. But like when I first started watching this shit, I sporadically did it. I was like, oh, they're free on YouTube. I'll just watch this one, this one, this one, and this one after I had watched, you know, a couple. And then I was like, man, it, it got to a point where some of the shit wasn't making sense. And I knew it would. So then I tried to make it work in order. And that's when I started watching it front to back. And then I went through and did that. But I think if you watch it in the first one you ever see is like the first episode. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I don't know that that would go as well as watching one of the later, better ones, you know, and then kind of backtracking a little bit for this particular show. But uh, maybe it will. Depends. How about kind of the overall tone and look of the show? That was legitimately one of the toughest parts for me. My brain couldn't kind of comprehend what I was looking at. Is this a mockumentary? Is this a reality show? I know, like, at least in the early seasons, some of the actors, like, you know, did some method acting in public and that kind of thing. So just kind of any thoughts overall on what you would, you know, describe the tone to somebody who's trying to get into a dance. I think it's fucking awesome for what it is, and it's perfect for what it is. Dude. It's rustic. It's grimy. It's documentary, mockumentary, fucking reality kind of shit all tied into one. And you could almost think, like, when I first started watching, I was like, is this uh, something some dudes are doing on YouTube? Is it real? But then I realized it was a show, and I was like, okay. But it's got that feel to it, man. And I love that. Uh, I think for, for the way they do it and the way for what the show is, it's fucking perfect, man. Like talking to the camera and everything else and just the, the gritty, grimy, you know, it's trashy as trailer park, man, you know, so depicted that way. Yeah, I, I like from a structural standpoint, I actually really like this mockumentary meets reality TV show kind of with an office feel, right? Something, you know, you'll, they'll interview Bubbles. For example, like Bubbles will be talking one-on-one -on -one to the people, uh, and then you'll see what he's talking about play out in a scene. It's it's It works really well. I also think one thing that they did that they took it to a next level and they really mastered was they make no bones about it. Like they're being followed and you find this out, like they're being followed by a, uh, a bunch of microphone dicks, as Ricky calls them, to make a documentary about what it's like to live in a trailer park. So like they at times they'll get super pit. Ricky will get pissed and grab the microphone and throw it and shit. Like you know, one time one of the guys gets shot. Uh, the camera crew, <laughs> like they, you know, like yeah, it's, they, part of, it's part of the show that they're being followed by people recording them the entire time. It's part of the premise. You know? Right. Like so. So like that's that's kind of I think I think it was cool and it it works as the show goes on for sure. Uh, you probably don't get that just watching one episode, but I think you would if you continued to watch it. So you think you're sponge-worthy? Yes, I think I'm sponge-worthy. I think I'm very sponge-worthy. You know you're nuts with these sponges. Run down your case for me again. She said I wasn't sponge-worthy. Wouldn't waste a sponge on me. Well, guys, we've got a limited supply of sponges. So we need to ask ourselves, is the fucking way she goes sponge-worthy? For me, I'm going to say, yes, it is. It's 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 a top 20, possibly top 15 episode for me. Really good episode. It's definitely sponge-worthy. Soup, what about you? Absolutely, 100%. If you like Trailer Park Boys, this episode is for sure sponge-worthy, man. If you do not like Trailer Park Boys, go ahead and waste a sponge on it anyway, man. <laughs> good advice. Well, that brings us to our Trailer Park Boy virgin, Magna Mills. Is this episode sponge worthy for you? Look, man, here's the deal. I don't want to say that this is one of those statements where a smart person would say nothing counts after you say the word but. But I am willing to go on another date maybe in the future, perhaps 
you could be sponge worthy. Maybe there's some hair discussions. There's things we can talk about. So not sponge worthy yet, but I definitely, after watching it a few times, uh, feel more enthused about watching the series, but it definitely seems to be a character-based series where I'd want to get in at the beginning as opposed to try to picking it up in the middle. Yeah, I think you're spot on, man. And and that would help. It's just, it's kind of one of those ones where the first episode isn't, it's probably the worst episode, you know, very similar to Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That first season isn't really the show. They were just kind of figuring out they didn't have Danny DeVito. Same, I think, could be said here. The first season really isn't the show. Now that we've determined the fucking way she goes is or is not sponge worthy, depending on the eye of the beholder, it's time to give it a grade. Mills, on a scale of 1 to 10 strip club pepperoni sticks, how many are you giving to this episode titled The Fucking Way She Goes? And JBG, before you bitch at me, if you hadn't pissed all the fucking money away in the VLTs, we could have stayed at the fucking strip club longer and you could have gotten more than the fucking pepperoni sticks. But uh, 7.5 strip club pepperoni sticks and uh that somehow sounds worse than strip club hot dogs so uh, jamie g I'm, i've got 9.1 so i've got nine and the tip uh of of pepperoni uh strip club pepperoni sticks for me soup deuce um as far as this episode goes dude it's worth uh i'm gonna give it a solid 8.7 pepperoni cocks man nice we're trying to get to a movie you better get going you don't want to miss one second of that movie. Is it that good? <laughs> it's the best goddamn movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh. Dude hangs dumb. I oh. told oh. him! I told him! I don't want to miss that! Now it's time to decide what we're going to discuss on our next episode of Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. We're each going to pitch something and then we'll vote on the winner. The only rules are that you can't free- vote for yourself and you cannot repitch something that you've previously lost until the designated repitch week. If there's a tie, we settle by spinning the big wheel in the sky. It will keep turning. Magna Mills, you're up first here, followed by myself, then the soup deucer. Mills, send us on our way. Hey. I am going to spin the wheel, motherfucker. Let's see what happens. We're going straight to the wheel? This is my wheel. I have a personal wheel, dude. Oh, I got my own wheel. He doesn't know where he'll be tomorrow. The wheel in the sky keeps on turning. All right, this is Season 2, Episode 6 of What We Do in the Shadows. This is the very famous Jackie Daytona episode. Uh, Jamie G, I know I've tried tried to get you into watching What We Do in the Shadows before. This is one of the best episodes of television the year it came out. It is fucking phenomenal. It's a a little bit of a bottle episode, except for it's an on-the-road episode. And you find one fucking vampire who just got his Yankee blue jeans, his fucking toothpick, some fucking girls volleyball, and Mark Hamill shows up, and it is awesome. So I am pitching, uh, yeah, what we do in the shadows, uh, season two, episode six, on the run it is a fucking banger jamie g man that puts me in a bind here um i've got three options i'm gonna go with man my heart's telling me this but i don't think it'll win oh god i'm gonna do it anyways man i'm gonna go with a movie that i want to watch it's been probably i don't know seven or eight years since i've seen it uh, we've got Kurt Russell 
We've got Kim Cattrall. We've got a bunch of stars. This movie is an all-time classic, 1986. It's only an hour and 30 minutes. It's a quick watch. Classic Kurt Russell, Jack Burton, Big Trouble in Little China. Let's do it, guys. Let's revisit this one. Let's talk about it. Let's see how it stacks up. Do we do we really believe we're in some underground Chinese emperor type shit with magic? Or is it cheesy? Let's find out right here on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Let's do it. Soup Deuce. Wow, wow, man. Fuck, dude. It's hard to... It's hard to size up here now, man. I don't even know where I'm going to go here, man. Um, might have to shift gears. Um, whatever, nah, fuck it. I'm going to go comedy. We'll go comedy. Let's, uh, let's, let's throw a little bit of a mix in the mix here, man. We'll go a little mix in the mix, man. 2000 comedy. I've been wanting to get into the Farrelly Brothers for a hot minute now, so I'm going to go right in hard with me, myself, and Irene, man. Starring Jim Carrey, Renee Zellweger, good, good, well, Zellweger, Zellweger, Renee Zellweger. <laughs> I can't say it right. Why can't I say that right? <laughs> Classic Farrelly Brothers shit. It's fucking probably, aside from uh, some about Mary, my favorite Farrelly Brothers movie. Maybe even better than that. It's right there. If not, it's a great one, dude, on a lot of different levels, man. Worth giving a shot. I'm going to throw it out there. We'll do a classic, uh, or, you know, if it wins, and we get the good fucking comedy and a good laugh in there, man. Good pitch. Magda Mills, we got some heaters here. Please recap our options. And you gotta need, you're got to need. you going to need you to remind us on the order of which we're voting and what the options were. We nominated Magda Mills. What We Do in the Shadows, Season 2, Episode 6, On the Run. Jamie G nominated Big Trouble in Little China, and the Soup Deucer nominated me, myself, and Irene. And we vote in the reverse order in which we nominated. The Soup Deucer will vote first, followed by Jamie G, and then I, and potentially the decider. Zelda Cider is Zelda Cider. A lot of deciders, man. Soup Deucer. I'm not going to beat around the bush, dude. I have heard some pretty decent things about um, what we do in the shadows. I've heard mixed reviews, but I do know uh, I do know somebody has been trying to get me to uh, check it out or at least bring it up. Hey, Amy, you should check this out. And I like vampire shit, dude. So I've been a little bit like I've been a little bit skeptical on it, but maybe I should give it a shot. So I think I'm going to go ahead and vote for that this week. JVG, you're up next. Well, you know what? We are going to keep the episode game going because i am going to vote for that as well we're going to break down what we do in the shadows it'll be a nice 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 review oh thank goodness you don't know how it warms my heart to hear that i am going to go with the uh, big trouble in little china i know jamie g's been pitching that for a long time i think that would be a fun one especially because i keep trying to remake it and nobody can because they probably i might fill my eye home with there's so many good people involved with this. This is basically a bottle episode, but it's not a bottle episode. And it's just, uh, you're going to care about high school women's volleyball. I'm just telling you, you're going to care. That's bold. We're intrigued. And uh, thank you guys. Hopefully you're intrigued too. We appreciate you checking out regular dudes. Watch stuff. We're here for you. Don't forget the flaps, follow like, and please subscribe. And if you got a movie or a show that you'd like us to talk about, hit us up on our social media, regular dudes watch stuff, or in the comments of this YouTube video or podcast. Magna Mills, where can they find it? 
Uh, you did a really good job. He basically got all of it. Regular dudes watch stuff is the easiest way, but dudes watch up will mostly get you there, especially on the social meds. Again, the flaps follow like and please subscribe. It's the best way that you can show us that you like what we do. Thank you guys for checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. We'll be back next week to cover what we do in the shadows. Season two, episode six. On the run. The fucking way she goes.